Good afternoon, Stan. What up, Marshall? We're here to do the Draftsman podcast. You and me. Together. We're in this together, Marshall. You look like you're bursting with youthful energy. What's wrong with the way I look? I mean, no, I mean, I was, I was complimenting you. I wasn't saying, I wasn't criticizing. I was just we're bursting with youthful energy. There was sarcasm. Sheesh. <laughs> there was definitely sarcasm. No, I, I really meant it. Uh, yeah, I did. I meant it. Sorry. Okay. You Call did. What the hell okay. is your problem? Why don't we just get started? I, unfortunately, I can't say the same thing about you. Ooh. Oh, it hurts. Oh. Oh, oh, Welcome everybody Hello. to the Draftsman Podcast. Here we are. I am Stan Prokopenko. I'm an artist and a teacher. You can find my stuff on Proko.com. I'm Marshall Vandruff. I am an art instructor and I draw. And you can find my stuff on martialart.com. I love that website name, Martial Art. Yeah. I'm surprised you got that. I Even got though it, it spelled it was in, like this was the in name the Marshall. But pioneer yeah. days of the internet. Oh yeah, I was lucky. I got I got Stan Prokopenko. Mm-hmm. I got Stanislav Prokopenko. I got Prokopenko. I got my last name that's, as a dot com. That's wonderful. Yeah. And your your given name in its full length is Stanislav? Yeah. Okay. I even got my misspellings. I got Stan Propenko. Did you really just <laughs> I did. Because everyone spells it like that. Propenko. <laughs> Marshall, what are we talking about today? We have a question that was given to me. What are your thoughts regarding practicing multiple disciplines? I'm really concerned I'm spreading myself and my resources, time, money, energy, too thin and threatening my chances of any success, which is elusive enough. Wow. That last part about threatening my chances of any success, which is elusive enough, may be a statement about the person who wrote this question saying, I'm not sure I'm going to make it anyway. Uh, And that would be a whole other thing. The thing they're focused on about spreading myself too thin by practicing multiple disciplines. I know you have things to say about it. <laughs> Absolutely. I have a long story I want to tell. I want to hear. Maybe let's you, let's start you with you it. You want me to start with that? Let's go right with it. Yeah. Okay. Well, first, I'm going to start by just giving the short version. All right. That, that I don't think you're going to spread yourself. You're getting very comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. If it's okay. Um, I don't think it, it it's it's a bad thing to spread yourself. Not to spread yourself too thin, but to practice multiple disciplines i think it's a good thing i i encourage cross training Mm -hmm. because you can learn things from other disciplines that you can apply to your discipline it's it actually kind of goes back to adopting your parents right yes it's related you can do things in your discipline differently because you know how things are done in another discipline you can kind of bring them in sometimes creatively it worked for me. I'm interested. Yeah, me. I want to hear how you did it. Okay, so when I was a little kid, my cousin and I, I've mentioned, he's the dick Tom? that ta- called. Yeah. Yeah, Tom. Tom. Yeah. You, got, you remember that one episode? I for the rest of my life. That yeah. fake voicemail. Yeah. <laughs> what a jerk. But he also did your shirt. He, and he did well, the, that's my, not my shirt. Oh, no. He, well, he did the- uh, he, he did, did his the, own he, shirt. He, he made us sound shirts. better. So that makes he up He did for make the, our yeah. intro song. Tom's a great guy. He's a, I love that guy. Yeah. He's my cousin. Anyway, as kids, we would make movies together. 
um, we would reenact existing movies. Uh-huh. So we would basically, and this was in VHS times, right? When the camera, you have to, it's tape. There's no yeah. digital editing. <laughs> I know what you mean. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. When in order to edit anything, you have to connect the camera to the TV and the, v, the VCR. And if you want to like clip something, you have to press record, pause. press play on the camera, record it, press pause, and then skip over to the next clip that you want to record, press record, play. And you still get a glitch. Oh, absolutely. There's yeah. always like a little, like a, a few frames of like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so we used to reenact, we reenacted the entire Home Alone movie. Home Alone Lost in New York, part two. That's impressive. The whole thing. What we would do is we would play the movie on the TV. Mm-hmm. So the sound was the actual movie. And then we would just like lip sync and we would act it out. And then we would edit it all together. It was so stupid too because we there was no continuity in the characters. Sometimes I would, <laughs> I would play, what's his name? The main character, uh, Macaulay Culkin's character. Yeah, I, I can't whatever his, what name was his name is. Sometimes I would play him. Sometimes he would play him. Um, it was just it was just all over the place. But we were like we were being creative. We were making yeah. movies. We were thinking about that form of art. Yeah. Right? How, how old? Like nine or yeah. nine or ten. So that was my first kind of creative thing where I was like really into it. And we would do it for uh, several years. We we did this. Uh, we did the mask, not the whole movie, but just clips of it, just to mm-hmm. be funny. And we made our own stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a nine-year-old filmmaker. Yeah. Then my dad got me into coding. He bought me a Visual Basics book. Uh, this was a very, very basic coding language. Um, How old are we talking about here now? This is now like 10, 11. Okay. So I spent like a full summer just learning how to code as a little kid and I loved I made uh, several games it was some kind of game show that I made but it was all about my family it was all the questions about my family but I I designed all the visuals for the game it was like a real game and you did this via coding via visual basics code yeah so you'd play that I also I I had um, I made several games but anyway I learned how to code I really liked it I was focused on that then uh, when I was like 13, mm, I got really into paint, oil painting because my parents' friend, they helped him come to America and uh, he taught me oil painting for a summer. And I just, from, from then on, actually, I've been drawing and painting. Mm-hmm. Then in high school, I got really into animation. And in all four semesters, all four years, I took animation every single semester. I think I talked, did I talk about that? No, you I did didn't. mention that the teacher who exposed you to Vilpu's oh, stuff no, and that kind of thing. That might have been an episode that we cut. <laughs> okay, yeah, but did, I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. That might have been a lost episode. I didn't know you were, you got into animation and that he was the one who kind of introduced yeah, you. Yeah, Nataha Lightfoot, who was a really good teacher at my yeah. high school, mm-hmm. um, built everyone a light table, uh, exposed us to Glenn Vilpu, mm-hmm. played us his VHS tapes in class. Um, yeah, so he got me an animation. I took animation every single semester in high school. I thought I wanted to be an animator. I even I said last time I applied to CalArts, I didn't get in. Mm-hmm. So I ended up going to Watts Atelier. At Watts Atelier, I got back to drawing and painting. Mm-hmm. Um, but while I was at Watts, I got really into web design, web development, and kind of um, starting my own businesses. So these are all dis- very different things yes. that I'm focused on and spending a lot of time and energy on exploring and learning. Um, 
web development, I, I got hired to develop many websites for people. Mm-hmm. Um, you were doing a freelance then? Yeah, I was doing freelance web design, web development, like HTML, coding them, designing them, here's your website. Um, they weren't that great, but you know. But you did it? Yeah, yeah. So I learned how to do business. And at Watts, then after that, I started teaching. Uh-huh. So it's another thing, I started learning how to teach. Long story, still That's long. That's like seven or eight, is it seven different disciplines Something that like you've that. mentioned there? Yeah. So, yeah, so the, the, the teaching thing was the last thing. Um, and then I started Proco. Do you see where I'm going with this? I see where this? it's going. I definitely see the convergence gelling. It's all of those it's together. all of those together. Every single one of those elements put together into one. I root for you for having done the thing. Yeah. That was seven or eight disciplines that now come together so that your business allows you to do those many. Yeah. That's the best story about convergence and also knowing just a little bit about it and being part of Proco now. It's great to hear. That's like uh, one of those things that at the beginning of a romantic comedy, you say those two will never get together and then at the end they get together. (laughs) That's great. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Well, that is an argument for multiple disciplines. Yeah, it is. I I mean, I am afraid though that I'm wrong (laughs) and that it just worked for me. (laughs) And then for other people, they just really need to figure out one thing and focus. I don't you know? think that. No, but no? I, okay. I do have a comment about it because I was going to figure out two ways we can go. One is I can chime in and agree because I do. I think that multiple disciplines can be really valuable. But we need to at least play devil's secretary or whatever it advocate. is. Devil, devil's advocate. <laughs> devil's lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, at let's play. At least, at least uh, what's the argument against, against it? Well, multiple it, the question kind of covered that. That you have is, limited time and energy. Yeah. You do and all of them poorly. Yes, if you if that's what's happening, if they are robbing from each other, but I want to tell you something about William Blake, who was a writer. Some people say he's England's second or third greatest poet, and he was a picture maker. A lot of people didn't like him as a picture maker, but some people really do like William Blake's images. But he was doing both of these things, and he felt that they were robbing energy from each other, and he gave one up so that he could focus on the other and found that the other was suffering from not having had the dynamic of bouncing between the two. David Bowie, I'm told, did something similar. He would write songs and paint pictures. And when he was having trouble with a song, he would paint a picture. And when he was having trouble with a picture, he'd go back to the song. So he had two things to bounce between. So it's like what we talked about with the curriculum thing and balancing your calendar. These multiple disciplines can be spokes in a wheel, and that wheel would get rolling, and each one of them props it up. And they all have something in common. They're all creative. Even coding is creative. Business oh, yeah. is certain creative. So yeah. there are all things all where you're those, learning to make decisions. Yeah. I mean, I mentioned all those things because they were creative disciplines. There's a bunch of other stuff I did that, were, you know. Yeah. yeah. I also did pole vaulting. I mean, you know. I guess the way you'd find out whether it, you're going to be better by not having multiple disciplines is to do what William Blake did. Cut one of them out. See what happens. Do it deliberately. Do it where you're looking at it for a month or two to see how your energy changes. I always had trouble with this because I wanted to write and I wanted to draw and I wanted to do graphic novels 
and I wanted to make videos, but it was too hard because we were even before the VHS time. Trying to shoot stuff on film was really tough. And just all sorts of other things. And I started to, I had lunch with a teacher at Fullerton College many years ago who was an older guy. And he said the thing he regretted is that he tried to be this and that and an artist and a teacher and a father and all these other things. He said, if I'd have just chosen one thing, I would have done better. And I thought, ooh, that's what's going to happen with me. So you can you can look at it and say, I want to do this one thing. And if it's like what Norman Rockwell did, Norman Rockwell was one thing, right? He was an illustrator. But Norman Rockwell's life was so varied because he would be alone in the studio to paint. He would also be sociable with people because he'd take pictures of them. He also wrote his autobiography, My Adventures in his, as an Illustrator. He was also one of the teachers in that great course, so he did a little teaching. But it was all focused on making his hundreds and hundreds of images that had variety within the process. So there are multiple disciplines. To be a good illustrator, yeah. you've got to be good with your models and maybe learn some photography and marketing and all the other things. Everything's multiple. What is it? What could there be that isn't a multiple discipline? It depends on how you, what you define as a discipline. I do want to point out, I don't know if this is a factor or not, but I didn't do those things at the same time. So I wasn't spreading myself thin yeah, yeah. because I was doing all these, trying to fit them all in my schedule on the same day. Yeah. I did them one at a time. And you did them through your childhood and adolescence. Yes, I did them through my childhood. So they're your experiments to see which one you want to do. Yes. Now, I am focused. Yeah. And <laughs> in your focus, like Norman Rockwell, you can make films, direct animations, write. Right. I you could so. code if you True. wanted to. You're in front of the camera. You've got all these things going on. Yeah. But I still, I still attempt to spread myself too thin. <laughs> You yeah. have successfully spread yourself too thin. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Sean. What do you mean? Well, we got anatomy. We got basics. We got oh, new too website, many courses we at got... once. Yeah, we're not talking about those. Are, that's the same discipline, though. That's a, that's the same project. But yeah, no, I, I know what you mean. I'm also doing like AI, and I'm building a social network. I think I, they'll converge again. I think that this is all. No, they will. Yeah. They're all connected to Proco. They are. They're, they're, they're this thing that I want to build. Sorry we're not giving you a lot of help except to say multiple disciplines, good. But good. watch out for something. Watch out that if Cross-training. Pardon? I, I mean, I want to use the word cross-training. Because, yeah. you know, like, like in sports, it, it, that happen, they do that all the time. Like, you go swimming in order to get... Um, gain strength or something and, and, and yeah. or, or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> I'm pretending uh -huh. I'm that, a... That sports psychologist, Eddie O'Connor, talked about how that when you specialize in a sport too young, you only develop the muscles for that sport. Mm. Whereas if you're taking several different sports, you're going to be, uh, you're yeah. going to be more balanced. And there are also some people like Shel Silverstein, who was a songwriter had a band, a music performer. He did some hit songs. He was a children's book writer and a children's book illustrator. He was an actor. Uh, th right there, we've got enough to say that is multiple disciplines. Yeah. And he did all these things, a great cartoonist. He did all of these things and he did all of them well. 
And I don't know how they overlapped. I mean, they must have overlapped some. Mm-hmm. So you could just say, look, I want to do several things and I want to see how well I can do them. And another person like Norman Rockwell say, I'm going to be an illustrator. I'm but we gonna- don't know that. Like, what did he do in his childhood? Maybe he experimented early in his life. Because when did he become like a successful illustrator? Like, How old was he? Do you know his history? No, Norman Rockwell's history is really simple. He went to the Art Students League. He got his first commissions. He started working for the Saturday Evening Post as probably one of the youngest illustrators they must have ever hired. He had the audacity to go in there and try to get him to hire him. They hired him. And then he huh. did all through his life, he was an illustrator. So he, he, yeah. got, he got aimed right to it. All right. Well, there, I mean, obviously there's both ends of the... Yeah, so what, where, how, do we, how do we wrap this I up? I want to hear your side, though. Like, did you have a bunch of things you did as a kid? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Tell us. But they, they were mainly... Uh, the, I knew from the time I was a kid I wanted to go into the arts okay. because we had a How couple... How old? Uh, we, when you made that decision. I, I'm going to guess I was about uh, eight or nine... But see, children's... That was like, what, 200, 300 years ago? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. I was born in 58. Let's be objective about 58? this. 58? 58. Not 19, just 58. 1958. Oh, 50, I was it born was, in the I year 58. Baby boom. It was before Twilight Zone came to... It was a year before Twilight Zone came to TV. I've got it all worked out by popular culture. <laughs> Gilligan's okay. Island was yet to happen. Okay. And Dr. Seuss books Really? Were, You're eight? I was about eight or nine, but now here's the thing. I had a crisis because our babysitters, Bob and Wanda Duncan, wrote television shows. They wrote Lost in Space and Time Tunnel and U.S. Steel Hour, and we'd see their name on the TV, and we'd cheer when we'd see their name. And they made a lot of money writing for TV shows, uh, living in Anaheim. And I thought, I want to do that because I didn't know, do do I want to be a cop? Do I want to be a a teacher? What do I want to be? And they they could write a story about all sorts of characters, about a rock star, about a person who travels in time. And I remember when I, we were having to do laps on the basketball court, and I was thinking, I don't think I'm gonna be an athlete. But <laughs> while we were doing hot laps on this hot asphalt, I was thinking, if I be a TV writer, I can be all sorts of things in imagination. Writing, you're great at writing, right? And I love the process, right? <laughs> I love the process. I'm not known as a writer now, but I love to sit down and take an hour or two into a train of thought. that's a discipline that you really gave a lot of focus to, isn't it? Uh, I decided to become an illustrator only because there was a major in advertising illustration at the junior college that I could major in. And when you were, there was no writing major as such, there was an English major. Mm -hmm. And so that's how it happened. But it was, I I wanted to be a, a writer or a picture maker, and I wanted to get them both together and do what the Mad Magazine artists did where you do writing and pictures. Weren't you on the radio for a while? Uh, I did do radio stuff with my friend Nigel. We did recording. We used to write and record our voices and that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. so it wasn't a professional like radio show? No, we no, but we did do some radio <laughs> commercials that we got paid for. Oh. And uh, Nigel and I there used to, we attempted, we attempted comedy. I interviewed Santa Claus. You probably don't know that I interviewed Santa Claus. I did a full series of Santa Claus interviews like with real Nigel as, as Santa Claus. Yeah, oh. maybe maybe you'll find out about those someday. I'll get Nigel's permission to see if we can let you know what I did when I was younger. Loved, loved, uh, loved comedy albums. Loved radio. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and so figured, you know, radio, oh, it's just something about late at night when the lights are off and you have somebody telling you a story or the different kinds oh. of music can come through there. I didn't know where that was going. <laughs> late at night, like, lights are off. You're you got getting somebody predictable. Whispering in your ear to tell you a story. You're like, ah, oh, come on. <laughs> that was going somewhere else. Uh, I'm getting well, that to, came back though. Yeah, it did. It came back because doing, doing stuff with <laughs> Proco, yeah, is pod, sort of like doing radio. Yeah. There you go. Okay. And you're a lot better than me at it because you you practiced this. Well, we'll see. <laughs> what next? It's time for an ad. Yeah. <laughs> the other night I dreamed that Stanley Kubrick was your uncle and what? I sat down and talked with him for a while. He was very amiable <laughs> and he forgave you for not paying any attention to his movies. But I've always thought <laughs> that's great. He <laughs> forgave me. I yeah, yeah, that. he was uh, he was your uncle. What's next, Marshall? We're gonna get a voicemail. Oh, I'm eager. Yeah. You I can should call. remember the number. You can sing that number. Everyone will be pleased to hear Stan sing. No, you to hear Stan sing. <laughs> Let us hear. It is eight five eight six zero nine nine four five. Three, that is the number. Wow. Bum, bum. Wow, that's terrible, though, because nobody's going to remember it when it's rhythmed like that. <laughs> yeah, you have to split it up into yeah. three, three, four. Well, you, you I totally... did the best I could. This was my first time singing a telephone number to the okay. world. Just in case that was confusing. Again, it's 858-609-9453. Let's go. <laughs> Sean, right. play the voicemail. This is from Marshall. What? Hey, Stan and Marshall. Huge fan. My thing is actually digital art. And I've watched your video about uh, how to hold a pencil, and I was curious how much of that you find transfers over to uh, digital art. I, Stan, I've actually seen you in a video holding a, a stylus and you had your glove on and all that stuff, but uh, I didn't get a peek at the way you're holding your uh, stylus. So I'd like to know how much of holding a pencil transfers over to holding a digital stylus. Anyways, huge fan. Thank you for your time. Bye. So that was you? That was not me. From from so a long ago. A different Marshall. But it was it was for you. Yes. Did you not hear it? Yeah, I heard, I heard enough of it. Okay. The the question was does the video I made about holding a pencil and Versus I'm assuming a stylus. he's talking about the overhand grip. Yeah. Because I also talk about the tripod grip, which is what you usually hold a stylus. Right. That grip does not carry over to a stylus, at least not yet, in the way the style style styluses. Are made. Styli. Styli. <laughs> yeah. Right now, no, it doesn't transfer over. You usually hold it in the tripod grip, like the way you hold a pencil when you're doing little details and stuff. But the way you move your arm does transfer over. You still want to use your shoulder and your elbow and sometimes your wrist, mm -hmm. almost never your fingers. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, because whether you're holding it overhand or a tripod grip, like it doesn't it doesn't matter. You're still moving your arm the same way. Mm -hmm. So I think the, that was also in that video, right? Was moving your arm correctly, yeah. you know. So there there are two elements to that. And the bigger motion is the more important thing, ultimately. Yeah, you usually you want to, especially in the beginning, you want to start with the more of a gestural thing, bigger shapes, bigger lines. Um, then once you start shading and getting little details, you can flip it over to tripod grip. It's not illegal. You could use the tripod grip for what it's best at doing, best yeah. at using it for. But it should My be illegal for some not. people. Who who did this? Who who said? Ask Marshall, it's Marshall, you. you. 
It was you. <laughs> oh, it was someone else named Marshall. Yes. Did you just Marshall. get that? I, I did get it, but I forgot it. Okay, yes. I've only met a few Marshalls in my life. What a pleasure. I think this about the tripod grip and the all that. I only ever used the tripod grip and I regret it because when I see people make beautiful lines, we had this conversation once in one of those crits on the joints for the anatomy course. You remember yeah. where you gave me a C for my line quality <laughs> and I had to try to wriggle out of it dick. because <laughs> such a dick. Pre pre illustrators that do preliminary work often don't care about their line quality. When you look at William Blake's work, it's just awful line quality, the stuff that he did before he did the finished painting. And so I, that gave me permission. Okay. And I started, a number of years ago, I got really sensitive to how awkward my line quality was so that I'm determined that I'm going to get past this and get some good line quality. But it is so hard to unlearn those habits that are itchy, scratchy, as one inker called it, I'll make it out of a lot of small ones, and to get the movement of arm. You even told me once, why don't you just make the line with your whole arm instead of your finger? And I thought, why don't I? Oh, that's why. It's no control at all. Yeah. So, well, yeah. If you've been writing with your wrist and fingers your whole life, you, my whole life. Your, your arm hasn't been trained to move in those very subtle, yes. precise ways. That's why that thing in the fundamentals of learn line and learn to carve a line and learn to make it go thin to thick and learn to make it curve one. You know, Kimo Nicolaides who I will always refer to, even though that book is so flawed, The Natural Way to Draw, those exercises. We should do an episode on that. We should do an episode you have on that. Very strong opinions. I do, but you know, an, an old guy. Oh, I, wait, sorry. I th I'm thinking of the drawing on the right side of the brain. No, that's a, yeah, that's a whole other thing from Kimo <laughs> Nicolaides. There, you couldn't get yeah, anything yeah, sorry, too, more different. But you have strong opinions about the right side of the brain book. Yes, I do. I have strong opinions about it, but we'll save them for another time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chemo Nicolaides makes you do something like 750 hours or something like that. Future Marshall here to make a correction that the total number of hours of Nicolaides exercises is not 750. It's 375. Every time you hear 750, it's half that. 375 of exercises that are going to yield nothing worth looking at. And Wait, so most exercise? people will do that. It's uh, gesture drawing. He's the one who... What do you mean? That's very useful. He coined the term gesture, as far as I know, for the English language by putting it in that book. He was teaching at the Art Students League at the same time Bridgman was. But how's that not useful? Well, here's the thing. You do hours of gesture drawing and your family's not going to be impressed. You do hours of these studies where the watercolor study, where you press harder or you press lighter, depending on whether something's closer to you or further away. It's like you end up with these pages of messiness. But his point is these are experiences, not product. These are things that are teaching you to be sensitive to whether something's coming toward you, going away from you. He has you do blind contours for hours. Yeah. Yeah. Really valuable stuff, but most people don't go through it. And I try, I used it for 75 hours. I got about 75 hours into it in my late 20s, early 30s to try to overcome the stiffness and carefulness. And it did help me overcome it. I could at yeah. least get past stiffness and carefulness, even if Sounds the lines good. didn't. I did half the book and I was really bored by the time I got. Okay, so that's the problem is that these are useful exercises, but there's no play involved at all. And, and by like halfway through, you're just, you're so, you're like, you, you regret even starting because it's not as enjoyable as you wanted it to be. I didn't regret it, but let's, let's put it in context. He's doing this at the Art Students League. 
Uh-huh. And people are also taking Bridgman's classes and other people's classes at okay. the same time. But he is teaching you with this closed fist. There is only one right way to learn to draw, and it is a perfectly natural way. It has nothing to do with artifice and technique. He's got the, the quote at the beginning of the, the thing. And it's, you submit to what I tell you to do for this 700 plus hours, and then you will be an artist. And I think it can rub against some people, but I got so much value out of it, and I see so much value in it. As oh, okay. flawed as the book is, so you're promoting it. I'm kind I of thought promoting. you were bashing it. No, no, but <laughs> but people do bash it, and we were going to do a class. Uh, we I was going to put it, uh, together a class online for this, but the host said, you know, I don't know that people are going to commit to this. No, it's just, they probably won't. Yeah, but do you know of any students? that did the whole 750 hours. I don't. Oh, no one actually has done I don't, but I do know that a lot of artists who came out of the Art Students League, like Norman Rockwell, uh, and like Robert Beverly Hale and others, came out with a command of how, of the So they went through that. They did the 750 hours. Yeah. So those, okay. It's classic training. And I would, even at my age, I would still take a year to say, I'm going to do all of these exercises so that at the end of the year, I'm going to have even I'm going to have more command than I've ever had at being able to sit down and draw like Daumier would draw. Mm-hmm. Do any of these really successful artists give him credit for it? Do they ever say, "Man, I'm really good because of that"? Because I did those 750 hours. I don't know of examples. I know that Rockwell gave Bridgman a lot. I know. Of I hear a lot yeah. of, of Bridgman, but yeah. so they were at the same school. Yeah, they were the same school same at the school. same time. In fact, Nicolaides mm-hmm. said that, you know, you're, you're, he even mentions that Bridgman is your teacher for this stuff and I'm your teacher for this stuff. Okay. So, so no one really that you know. Maybe, can you guys, if you know the answer to that. If you know, yeah, let us know. But I do know that Nicolaides had a good reputation as a trainer of artists. Okay. Nicolaides died before the book was finished, which means students put it together and the examples are just awful and the book has got all sorts of problems. And if you can look past the flaws, an old artist told me uh, when I was beginning to teach, he said, you know, the more that years go by, the more I see how Nicolaides got the core of what is really important, which is not just anatomy and perspective. The thing Nicolaides, we're going to try to boil the whole book down to it, it is empathy with the characters you are creating, empathy with the weight, with the feeling, with the forces inside that world, empathy with that so that you are living it the way a storyteller lives inside the skin and feelings of a character. Mm -hmm. And then you use anatomy and perspective and uh, shading and all that to bring something out of it. But you can, all that anatomy and perspective and shading is useless, It's, it's empty, if you don't have something that you're living inside that story with to get the the emotions and and weight really forces yeah what it would what would it be like to be that model so it's ethereal it's hard to grasp and i think a lot of people when they criticize it they just throw it away and say oh, this is too much for me but i don't feel that way it, it completely confused me when i was exposed to it in my 20s in my 30s i started to see value with it and now i'm kind of wishing i could go back it's been a year on Nicolaides. Maybe we should make the offer that if we can get 20 or 30 people who will commit to it, you'll have a, a teacher who'll carry along with you. You probably don't want to do it, do you? No, exercises? I can't. You're too busy. You're a professional. If I were to do that, I would have to d- done that 10 years ago. Yeah. Cancel the basics course. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I did that with other exercises. Mm-hmm. I did gesture drawing and I did 
figure drawing lay-ins and stuff yeah. for hundreds and hundreds of hours. So I did similar yeah, practice. I that's just, right, you did. It's not whatever Nikolai. You got enough training to do yeah. what, you, what, what you're doing and what you want to do. <laughs> okay. Um, what, was, what was the question? <laughs> Marshall. Marshall was asking about how you hold a pencil. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> digital versus traditional. Then we no, is it, does it transfer yeah. over the, the way to... No, no, it doesn't. The grip doesn't, but the shoulder movement does. That was my answer. Or cut out everything in between. <laughs> <laughs> no, come on. That was useful. Yeah, I thought that that was, and I wanted I wanted to give my sermon about Nicolaides. I'm actually really curious. I have the book. I've never read it. It's not worth it. He tells you not to read it. You're not allowed to read it. That's one of the rules he makes at the beginning. You do not read this book. You do the exercises. Then you move to the next exercise. Size. You don't you don't look ahead in a mathematics book. <laughs> well, whatever. To read it, you in order to problems. do the exercise, don't you have to read? The you exercise? read the like exercises. Exercise. He's the one who started the book with that quote from Da Vinci that the supreme misfortune is when theory outstrips performance. And it's like this book is going to be a dose of performance. You're going to exercise, not theorize. All right. Who well, goes first? Oh, hey, Stan, what's your thing? My thing? Your thing. Or my thang. What's your, <laughs> oh, what's your thang? Uh, Marshall, what's your thong? <laughs> I can see it peeking out. You know, I've, yeah, worn, put that back I've worn sandals for years, and we used to call them oh, in the 60s, thongs. we called oh, them yeah. thongs. That's and right. then I found out you're not allowed to call Why? your sandals thongs because it means something else. Oh, well, it does, it's the same thing. It, it's like, it's, it's either in your butt crack or between your toes. Thong for your toes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How do we get on these topics? You make it happen. Uh, yes, okay. I do. What's your thing, Stan? <laughs> um, my thing is I just got a standing desk. A standing desk? Yes, sir. So this is to get past sitting too much. Yeah. Tell us more. I, I haven't used it yet. <laughs> <laughs> I just got it and I built it. Okay. And I haven't transferred my stuff to it yet. But it can hold his entire weight, as we saw. Oh, okay. Yeah, I sat on it and then I pushed the button. It's electric, so it goes up and down. Have you have you done work standing up as opposed to sitting down? I have, yeah. No, I mean, you can make your own standing desk by just putting a box on your desk and yeah. put your laptop on the box. Um, yeah, it's really hard. It's really difficult. Oh, well, right now I'd probably be able to do it way easier because I, I've been walking a lot more. But, like, ask me two years ago when I would literally for, like, eight years straight, I would just sit all day. Mm -hmm. and um, because it caused back problems and those back problems caused me to not exercise as much because every time I went to the gym, my back would be so sore I couldn't walk. Yeah. Because just I had such a weak back and core from sitting so much. It, it was like a snowball. Yes. The worse it gets, the worse it gets. <laughs> and so now that I've been walking a lot, I think my feet are stronger, my back is stronger, and uh, I think I could, I could stand a lot longer. Yeah. Well, I think you're in for a treat because some people choose, Walter Murch says he never sits when he edits a film. He said it's like being a gunslinger. You don't mm. sit down to be a gunslinger because you've got to make choices <laughs> while he's standing on his feet. Yeah. I have a student this past semester, uh, Tiffany, who told the class about how she uh, did some of her work standing and inspired me. I've done it for a few years where I'll just, this evening, I'm gonna, I'm going to stand to do this work. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it brings up an energy because you're physically up for it. And yeah. so your, your whole thing just sort of livens up. Do you paint? 
No, I don't paint. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. Yeah, I was just, I want to know your opinion about painting sitting or standing. Because, you know, mo- easels are made for standing. Yeah. But I know a lot of people sit. And I, I, I sat for a long time for painting in the studio. Yeah. When I go plein air painting, I stand. I watched Justin Sweet do a painting in front of a group of students where he would step back and hold still, and then he'd suddenly lurch forward and do something, and it was as if he was trying to catch a trout in a stream. By reaching in there, it's like, I see it there, now I'm gonna catch it while I've got it. Huh. But there was definitely, and there, it, was, it looked like swordplay too. That's cool. So yeah, there is there's something about posture that I think makes a difference. Okay, let me tell you my thing, which I didn't plan on saying this, but this is, this is the thing. What's a thing? This has been my thing for, for years. I walk. I don't walk as much now as I have, but I go in yeah. periods of a few years where I'll walk many, many, many miles because when I'm working in front of the computer, I get sick of the artificial light and I'm sitting. So I go out and when I lived in Laguna Niguel for 21 years, you could take a quarter of a mile walk or you could take a three or four mile walk depending on which circuit you went on and it was always green. So I just found that that was the way that if I had a problem that I was working on, I'd go for a walk and I'd come back and I'd be full of ideas and ready to go again. And I found out that Bob Hope was a walker. Yeah, a lot of successful people are walkers. Steve Jobs was a walker. William Blake was a walker. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's many people who that's what their ritual is, is to walk. There's something that's so natural about it. Uh, I love it. And and also, it's been a huge part of my social life. People say, let's get together for dinner. Let's get together for coffee. I'll have lunch with you. And my response is just starting to turn into, no, I'm not going to do that. But if we want to get together for a walk, let's go for a walk. And that way we get the conversation going. That's how we met. That's right. Well, we didn't meet walking. We walked for nine weeks, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. Around Um, the lake sometimes too, didn't we? Yeah. (laughs) Holding hands. (laughs) You remember it more vividly than I do. (laughs) Maybe that was just part of my dream. (laughs) Well, at least you're dreaming in the right direction. Okay, I compliment you for that. Um, Yeah, I was teaching a Blizzard workshop, Mm -hmm. and it was in your area. Mm -hmm. And I would come there to beat traffic. I would come there a little earlier and then meet with you for a walk and then go teach. Yeah. Yeah. But I I, I hope it, I mean, I, I hope that I will be able to walk for as long as I live because it is really a good thing. I discovered it in my 20s and started to see that you get, you got so much consolidation going on there. You're getting your exercise, you're getting your variety of response, you're getting to know your territory. Do you know if it's okay to eat while walking? I don't. You don't know? Uh, no, no, I, I don't know whether it's okay, but I know that I don't, I have no inclination to eat while I'm walking. Okay. I eat breakfast while walking as well. Remember, I think last episode I said I, I schedule my meetings while walking. Yeah. I also eat, so I triple task. Mm-hmm. I eat my breakfast, I have my meeting, and I'm walking. Yeah. Yeah. Efficiency. Good. Baby. Boy. But uh, <laughs> yeah, too much consolidation, though. You might start to. That's one of the things that was, yoga was about is that instead of multitasking and listening to a lecture while you're exercising, which means you're getting your mind off your body, yoga was to get your mind on your body while you're exercising and get in touch with it. But, uh, and you know, there's mindful walking. Do you know about that? Where you're thinking about every step? You, yes, where you pay <laughs> Wait, attention. seriously? You pay attention to the rhythm of your step. You think about your steps. You think about what's oh, in front. You're actually paying attention in the moment. Are you paying attention to yourself, to your body, or to just your environment? Uh, it can be both and either. 
Okay. But I don't do that that much. I've done it a few times, but no, really, my walking for me is a way to get things moving so that I'm living very much in my head. Yes, I, I agree. Yeah. Well, that's my thing. That's your thing. I love your thing. Yeah. Well, cool. great. So right. we've done another podcast well. here. And uh, God, why does it have to be awkward? <laughs> <laughs> because it's a, it's a shift of energy. Is this oh. right? Am I saying this too soon? Should I say we're wrapping up the podcast <laughs> Let's here? Let's wrap it up, Marshall. Let's wrap up the podcast. Thank you for being here with us. Tell them what to do. You mean uh, the, I've said it like I don't feel times comfortable right asking people to give five star ratings. I Come know on, you, you feel com comfortable doing that. I do not feel comfortable. Do you want give a, them? Give a sincere rating of what you of think five of this stars. podcast. Five stars. <laughs> <laughs> it's not five stars. Leave. Yeah, if, if it's, it's like not advertising. Five stars, you listening. Give us a sincere rating of five stars. What's the comment on YouTube? Tell us about how multiple disciplines have multiple disciplines have depleted your energy or augmented each other, supplemented. Yeah. Yeah. yeah which disciplines? Yeah. Have come together, synergized in a way that you didn't think would happen. And then you just like, wow, they came together <laughs> and they made a baby. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Call us, leave a voicemail. Yeah. Bye. Thanks.